I don't have a ton of marketable skills, no coding, no design, no finance background, etc. But I do have a hunger to learn, to grow, and to provide value wherever I go. And really, that is enough. You don't need more than that. Be hungry and the rest will come. A mentor once challenged me to become relationally rich and told me that the other things I was searching for would come after that. I didn't understand what this meant a year ago. Today, I believe myself to be relationally rich and only ever increasing in abundant richness. These relationships have revealed more to me than I ever could have imagined. This is the JLB podcast, Conversations to Expand the Mind. Things I did to go from depression to joy, blindness to vision, poverty to riches, following to leading, loneliness to abundant relationships, invisibility to presence, and every other jarring statement you can think of. A lot of people ask me what I have specifically done, some specific steps I have taken over the last year to quote unquote change my life. Because the truth is my life has changed over the last year and dramatically so. After my first year at UCLA, after a full year of working and owning the system, perfect grades, student leadership roles, scholarships, clubs, I changed the course of my life. I had to, because suddenly my five-year desire to go to law school revealed itself to be a cop-out decision. I was pursuing law school because I was good at working the system, working within the structure of higher education, and because it sounded good to say at Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, so the clearly defined and well-traveled path to law school is now a non-option. What do I do now? I needed answers. But before I found answers though, I needed to learn what questions to ask. So I turned to rapidly exposing myself to the experience and opinions of others. Someone told me once that people were important to growth, finding new ways to challenge yourself, and building towards an ambitious dream, especially if you don't have a perfect idea of what that dream is. Books told me that people were important. My gut told me that people were important. So. I tried something entirely new and foreign to my all-star life within the structure of higher education. I made people a priority. Looking back, one of the reasons that making people a priority took conscious effort was because it took humility. You have to accept that you do not know nearly as much as you think you know to make people a priority. The first step I took in making people a priority was to send five messages minimum a week. In order to rapidly expose myself to a host of new people without going down to the Santa Monica Pier and talking to scores of strangers, I turned to the internet. Using my university's alumni directory, UCLA One, LinkedIn, and Gmail, I began to form a weekly habit of sending five messages to strangers a week. Now, initially, I didn't even know what I was asking for. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life since I had decided against law school. So I turned to something that just interested me vaguely and made stuff up. Entrepreneurship seemed like a good enough buzzword, so I used that as the content of my messages. Here's an example of a message I would send. Hi, I'm very interested in learning more about entrepreneurship and the various skills you have acquired through the starting of your own company. Additionally, I have a strong interest in where technology meets consumer goods, which aligns with your past experience. If you ever, if you ever have time for a quick phone call, I would love to hear more about your experience as an entrepreneur here in LA. It seems strange, but if someone doesn't know what they want, I really encourage them to just make something up that sounds even just remotely intriguing and run with it. This is difficult to do because it takes the willingness to fall absolutely flat on your face. 
After only a few meetings, coffees, and phone calls, it became very clear that I had no idea what I was doing talking about starting a company and building a product. But you know what? I learned through the failure. Every time I embarrassed myself in front of a real entrepreneur, I learned. Some of the great lessons I learned were that it was not necessarily starting a company that interested me. It was the commitment, drive, resilience, agility, leadership, and strength of entrepreneurs that interested me. So I reshaped my questions. Here's an example message. Hello. As a soon-to-be graduate of UCLA, I am very interested in learning more about cross-functional and humble leadership. I have worked with various teams while at UCLA, and I now understand the importance of cultivating a strong leadership presence while balancing it with the humility to listen to a team member's opinions and admit when I do not know the answer. I am so interested in hearing how your broad experience as both an entrepreneur and COO with a large corporation has shaped your leadership skills and how I can begin to shape my own at a young age. If you have time for a quick 15-minute phone call or coffee, I would be so grateful. You know how everyone says that showing up is 99% of the battle? Well, it turned out that sending five messages a week wasn't a full enough challenge for me. I needed to speed up this process of discovery. After all, I was, quote-unquote, five years behind. Or at least that's what I told myself, given the fact that I had spent the last five years preparing to graduate undergrad and go to law school. So I started moving my feet and placing my butt in the uncomfortable folding chairs of a wide range of events. I mean, I was going to FBI, CIA, NGO panels, law panels, just to make sure it wasn't still the path, military policy forums with ex-generals regarding drone policy, entrepreneurship events, nonprofit social impact events, entertainment professional panels, creative writing as a profession, networking nights, entertainment and media industry networking nights, management consulting. I mean, I was going to everything. I started saying yes to everything. Yes to that event. Yes to that networking event. Yes to that conference. I started devoting an immense amount of time to attending events and most importantly, leaving with a new name and a new email address for future connection. I had no idea what I wanted, so I started saying that the place I most loved to be was the place I least belonged. I found myself in high-level mastermind groups where I was the youngest by at least 20 years, in city planning meetings involving the integration of technology and antiquated processes, in highly selective, aggressively exclusive networking groups where the average net worth of a member was more than I could easily fathom. My favorite instance of being where I didn't belong was one evening sometime in September 2017. I arrived at yet another entrepreneurship-oriented event and headed for the check-in table. Upon checking in, I was told, Welcome, Mr. Barnett. Here's your name tag. You'll be presenting your company third, just after SoCal Food presents their app. All right? Good luck. My company? I didn't have a company. I'll admit, a weakness of mine back then was that I would check, respond to, and fill out Google Forms very rapidly, sometimes not even realizing what I was actually agreeing to. Apparently in this instance, I had responded to an email, filled out a Google Form, and agreed to a five-minute pitch on the company I ran, quote-unquote. The only problem was that I didn't actually have a company. That was when I glanced around and realized that everyone present was in their mid to late 30s and quite entrepreneurially dressed. You know, the red leather broke shoes, slim fit Banana Republic slacks, and straight fit J. Crew button-down. So I did what any reasonable kid would do. I rapidly scrolled through my Gmail app using whatever keyword I could think of to find this Google form that held the secrets to the company I apparently ran. University Social was the company I had submitted, which was only really an idea I had been mulling over for the last few weeks. I refamiliarized myself with the premise and then remembered to breathe. 
It wasn't a great pitch, and no one voted for my company, but I sure voted for my own company. And most importantly, I realized that the barriers, constructs, fences, and rules that made things inaccessible, beyond my reach, or someplace I didn't belong were in large part bogus. Where you should and should not be are about as socially constructed as money is. The point was not that after showing up to any of these places, I was awarded a badge of honor of excellence in networking. The point was that I showed up. And it really did suck so much of the time. I dreaded so many of the moments before arriving at any particular event. The anxiety of knowing that I was quite literally going places I did not necessarily belong. Even knowing that the wall separating me from being an appropriate attendee of any of these events was more fantasy than reality, it was still difficult to put one foot in front of the other, get on the bus, and show up at these events. I am sure that I ruined countless relationships of immense value by showing up to these places and speaking with people as an ill-equipped, practically lying through my teeth, kid with a bus pass and a wrinkled white dress shirt. But books and classrooms and clickbait articles online will never give you the education that showing up does. By the way, speaking of the uselessness of books, they actually are not useless. They played and continue to play a critical role in my life. Although you will never gain an education in experience by reading, you can most definitely enrich and amplify your education in experience through reading. These two things go hand in hand. Reading, books, the news, articles, fills you with the ammunition necessary to converse with anyone and everyone and to come away with the beginning of a new and marvelous relationship. The phrase, I read the other day that, became as common as that phrase I used before, the place I most love to be is the place I least belong. So while entering my senior year of university, I decided to design my own curriculum because the one given me by the university no longer served my immediate purposes. I started reading any book that was suggested to me. Books on designing your life, books on choosing what you must do instead of what you should do, books on tech and innovation, books on companies and management, uh, meditations by Marcus Aurelius, a very good one, uh, leadership books, uh, Napoleon Hill books, whatever I could get my hands on, I started reading. I started reading countless articles on medium.com as well. Anything from tech to venture capital to personal growth, passive income, coding, politics, poems, and much, much more. Medium has been a marvelous place to learn and grow. I also started reading both the New York Times and Wall Street Journal side by side to make sure I was acclimating myself to the goings on of the world. This constant process of filling oneself up through reading amounts in an abundance of opportunities to employ the contents of the many pages you've consumed. Basically, I got good at talking with people about a wide variety of topics by reading. The most pivotal lesson in all of this was that I was out to build powerful relationships not transactional connections. When my friends and peers started hearing about all the networking I was doing, they assumed it was of the traditional nature, you know, show up with a resume or an elevator pitch that summarizes the resume and leave with the card of the person with the position you want, affiliation with the company you want, or the ability to hire you for the job you're looking for. Wrong. I've never asked for a job. I've never left someone because they did not have anything to offer me. This is about learning and growing and discovery. This is about relationships, no matter the form. This is about finding and building your own quote-unquote board of directors of your life. Networking is the process of expanding your horizons, enlarging your sounding board for ideas and plans, and finding new ways to be of service. The final aspect of networking, finding new ways to be of service, is highly underrated. 
Once I started building relationships with incredible people who inspired me and challenged me, I found ways to work with or for them for free, even as a broke college student with tuition being rammed down my throat. Stop asking for a job, stop expecting pay, find people who inspire you and identify some way you can add value to their endeavors. I don't have a ton of marketable skills, no coding, no design, no finance background, etc. But I do have a hunger to learn, to grow and to provide value wherever I go. And really that is enough. You don't need more than that. Be hungry and the rest will come. A mentor once challenged me to become relationally rich and told me that the other things I was searching for would come after that. I didn't understand what this meant a year ago. Today, I believe myself to be relationally rich and only ever increasing in abundant richness. These relationships have revealed more to me than I ever could have imagined. Here are some parting lessons. Building a board of directors for my life is the most valuable investment of time and energy I can think of. Seeing networking as the cultivating of powerful relationships instead of the means of getting that job you think you want is the most differentiating lesson I can impart. Reading to stretch your mind and grow is the most foundational advice I can give and showing up is 99% of the battle and 100% of the reward. Other essential parts of the journey that I didn't list here included a knowledge of LinkedIn, how to use it, writing and publishing articles on Medium, LinkedIn, and other online publications, the ability to conduct phone interviews fluidly and professionally, coffees, lunches, dinners, and the etiquette therein, email etiquette, communication best practices, grit, resilience, leveraging Facebook and your audience there, asking more questions and giving less answers, learning to manage an expanding network, humility, a lot of it, and working even when the sun is set and parties have started. If you have any questions about all of the ambiguous things I just listed, please do let me know and I would love to explain more. Thank you so much for listening to the JLB podcast, Conversations to Expand the Mind. Have a nice day and we will see you again soon.